Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the fifth down. I'm your host, Jose. With me tonight are Brad and Jenny. What's up, guys? What's going on? Pro Bowl week, you know, best week. The NFL. If your team didn't make the Super Bowl. How, how did Mac Jones make the Pro Bowl? Because everybody else was unavailable. But like Derek Carr, Derek Carr had a better season than Mac Jones. Oh, I don't know. Um, no clue. The, the AFC is loaded. It, it is one of those. Um, definitely people that should have gone ahead of him, but... Are we sure yeah. that Bill Belichick didn't um, sabotage everybody else being able to uh, make it to no, the No, it was Bowl? Nick Saban. Nick Saban in Alabama voted him in, so good. And now we have, uh, uh, you know, it was an interesting week, too, because while we have almost none of the actual Pro Bowl players participating in the Pro Bowl, we, they, should, they might as well call it the uh, alternates game. Um, we also had Tom Brady finally hanging up the cleats. Sad day for Buccaneers fans, but, I mean, I always kind of expected it to be a two-year window. I, I thought maybe three years, depending on how years one and two went. But once I saw he was this successful this year, I figured he would it would be it. It's kind of hard to replicate 5,300 yards, like, you know, and just, just the year he had, you know, the offensive success that the team had. And they fell short, but, you know, you lost to the team that's in the Super Bowl now. So, I mean, it's not like, it's not like we got, you know um, – ousted in the wild card game or something so you know he had a respectable last year and he went out like like the goat that he is um it's a sad day for for sports fans you know it's kind of crazy to think of next season starting and old brady being around but what do you guys think his legacy is uh greatest quarterback of all time arguably the greatest football player of all time um i mean seven championship rings in a sport where it's hard to just get one um he's definitely he's definitely going to be the goat of this particular sport um you know it sucks because it's really limited to only american people that follow football um i think other countries sort of missed out on it and don't really understand what's going on with him but you know he is he's pele he's he is a uh, Maradona. He's on that level. Um, hopefully, you can see something like it again. And if you got to witness it, you know, hopefully you enjoyed it or hated it. But yeah, I think legacy clearly the greatest. Yeah, he, he he's definitely the greatest football player alive. Um, seven Super Bowls, like, like Brad was saying, uh, fifteen. Uh, 15-time Pro Bowler, uh, five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time MVP, um, has all the stats, the records. Um, let's throw the Montana comparison away because there's no comparison. Um, Montana's great, but Tom Brady's better. And, um, you know, I, I thought he he made the right decision uh, hanging up the, the cleats. Uh I think it would have been great if he retired last season with the Super Bowl, but knowing the competitor he is, he wanted to, you know, he wanted more. And, um, you know, after, after they lost, uh, in, uh, 
during the playoffs, um, I knew he was going to hang it up because usually he's like, yeah, you know what? You know what? Let's go after it again. I'm ready. And this time he was, he was more, uh, more mellow about it. He was like, I'm going to go home and, you know, talk to my family and see what I want to do. And, um, but overall, I mean, greatest football player live, um, Tom Brady should be the, the logo if there was a logo for the NFL and, uh, um, props to him. Yeah, and one of the crazy stats that we forgot to mention is postseason wins. The the number of postseason wins he has over second place is crazy. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, he played, um, you know, 21 years, 22 years, and he made it to 10 Super Bowls and won seven. I mean, you know... Most most um, star athletes are lucky to make it to one. You know, Aaron Rodgers has not gone back. Brett Favre only made it to two. Like, it's not a guarantee that just because you're a really good uh, player, you're gonna um, you're gonna you know make it for years on end. Patrick Mahomes, you know, as great as he is. He's, you know, made it to two, one, one. We all kind of figured he was going to make it again this year. Didn't make it. And, you know, for Brady, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where you have to respect the, you have to respect the grind. The fact that this man had to go through deep playoff runs so many times and was still able to come back with a smile the next off season, you know, like just ready for it again, just excited. Like you never saw Tom Brady look annoyed in a game because he had to be playing. He would get irritated with his teammates. He would get irritated like if the commitment wasn't there, but he was never irritated because he had to play. He loved playing. If It could be a preseason game. It could be a practice. It could be, you know, a scrimmage. Like he wanted to be out there. And, and the brotherhood that he showed with his teammates always, like how he always had their backs. I think that's the most underrated part of Tom Brady. We all think of him as like this, you know, the GOAT, this great quarterback. But no one – it seems like they don't talk enough about like how great of a teammate he is. Like, you know, I mean, for God's sakes, he, he let Antonio Brown live in his home. Like, like who does that other than someone who has a good heart and wants to look out for his teammate? So, you know, he's going to be missed, not just because he's a great quarterback, but because he was a great teammate and, and a great a great face for the for the sport. Yeah, 100%. And really, the, the only blemish on his record was uh, Deflategate. Um, but, you know, it's nothing major. It's not that big of a tarnish on his career. And, yeah, I mean – if he only had half the career, it's still Hall of Fame worthy. Brad, there's there's a couple of blemishes. I mean, Eli Manning was one of them. He lost. Yeah, he lost to Eli twice. Losses but. are gonna happen, but like when we take a look at the totality of it, and we're trying to take a look at oh, this is clearly a misstep. Um, really, the Flategate is the most major thing that you can look at. You know, everyone has that that one thing that you just can't get rid of, and in every single sport, losses are losses. They're gonna happen. You know, unless you're Floyd Mayweather, right? You're going to have a mark on in, in that loss column, and that's fully expected. Yeah. 
another thing, you know, guys, like let's think, let's name off some of the quarterbacks that he had to compete against over these 22 years. Like there was Big Ben, there, you know, Michael Vick, like, Peyton um, Manning, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Payton Manning, like, you know, like, um, Kurt Warner, uh, uh, Tony Romo, you know, Kurt Warner, like, you know, Brett. Brett Favre, you know, he was still around for a good nine years um, while um, Brady was around. Um, Matt Castle. And, you know, just Matt, yeah, Matt Castle, you know, um, um, Geno Smith, you know, uh, Russ, you know, like countless others. And now towards the end of his career, you know, as like a 40 plus year old, he had to deal with Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes, like um, Allen, all these other greats, and he always stood firm with them. Like the fact that he, at 44 he is considered the uh, you know the front runner for the MVP award, that says it all for his career. All these guys came and went and came. Now now these are the guys that are here. They're the future, and and Tom Brady was able to go toe to toe with them and stand at the top of the hill with them. And even in his last year, no one can say, like, you know, every every quarterback, their last year is not always the most memorable. Drew Brees, another great, not a very memorable last year. Peyton Manning, he won the Super Bowl, but he struggled mightily in his last year. You know, but you look at Tom Brady's numbers and it's like, he didn't age out. He went out on top. He went out on his terms, you know. And I think that's what will always separate him from everybody else. It's the fact that even at 44 years old, he went out at the top of his game. Yep. And 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 most importantly, he was the sixth. He was picked sixth round, 199th. So he was the under. He's he's always been the underdog. He's always had a chip on his shoulder, and I think that's what made him so great. He had so much fuel his whole career that he took every person who doubted him every person who passed on him and he made that into seven super bowls yeah he uh, and you know whatever he does next i'm sure he's gonna do great in you know in the next phase of his career but now when we talk about like who is the greatest athlete of all time you know we're, we're not just talking football now we're talking all sports I know that the big discussion now has been like, oh, is he greater than Jordan? Is he greater than MJ? And, you know, even if we want to venture into other sports, we you got to bring in Pele. You got, you know, but I'll open it up to you guys. Who do you guys think is the greatest athlete of all time? Yeah, this one, this one is very hard because – there's so many great athletes, uh, NHL, NBA, NFL, boxing. But I think the two biggest sports are football and basketball. And the two people we look at are Michael Jordan and Tom Brady. Um, I've had this discussion with you guys plenty of times. And, you know, um, I sway back and forth to who I think is the greatest. Uh, but it, today, if you would ask me who is the greatest athlete, I would have to say... It has to be Tom Brady, you know, 20 seasons in the NFL, seven rings. Uh, he's been to 10 Super Bowls. Uh, you know, we talked about the MVPs, three MVPs, five Super Bowl MVPs. 
Um, he has all the stats in the hardest sport uh, to play in the game. There's three phases, and he's the leader in the, the most important phase, which is the offense. Um, and for him to be this dominant and to last this long, uh, for me, he, he is the greatest athlete because of that. Yeah, for me, I, I view this tag as of greatest athlete a little bit differently. I sort of don't take into account <clears throat> accolades and championship rings as much as I normally would. To me, I think there is there's three guys that I really consider. Um, I'm talking Jim Brown, Bo Jackson, and Wilt Chamberlain. To me, if we're just talking about athlete of all time, it's got to be Wilt Chamberlain. This dude was a monster of a player who could do everything, who, who would still be dominant in today's game as an athlete. And he was doing that years ago. This dude ran track. I mean, he, he, did, he did everything. The, the, I think who I would title co-goat for greatest athlete would be Jim Brown. I mean, he played every single sport. Football, basketball, baseball, track, Syracuse. Um, he even won a lacrosse national championship. Um, th that's who I would go to. I know we can talk, you know, Manning. We can talk Jordan. Um, but athlete, yeah, I'd have to go Wilt Chamberlain. I know I'm going to throw you guys off with who I'm going to say, but, I mean, it's definitely sports-wise not going to be, like, the most popular sport, but Michael Phelps. I mean, if we just want to talk about, like, like most dominant athlete, like, we just think of, like, all the records he broke, like, that probably are unattainable unless, you know, maybe one of his children decide to to swim in the future. But, like, um, and how he polarized the sport in the Olympics. Um, I think Michael Phelps, in terms of, like, greatest athlete, but if we want to talk mainstream sports, I still have to go with MJ just because he made basketball cool. Like, yes, you know, Walt Chamberlain, he was a great athlete. Julie, um, so was, um, you know, um, Dr. J. Julius Irving. Yeah, Dr. J, you know, and Magic Johnson, he was Showtime. But Michael Jordan, you know, he just, he brought something to the NBA. And all these guys that are flashy today that, you know, love to have all that, all that ice around their ears and their chains and stuff. Michael Jordan made that cool. Michael Jordan is the one that, you know, like, like he made the sport cool. And, and he, he revolutionized it in a way where still to this day, you see the mark that he left. And you saw from guys like Kobe that came after him. And then after Kobe came LeBron. And all these guys, they've just continued with that legacy that was set by Michael Jordan. And as great as Tom Brady has been in that sense, and it's not his fault. He's just, but, you know, he just very much comes off as just a regular guy. So, like, he didn't really revolutionize the sport itself. He just happened to be the best to ever do it. But I think MJ, because of everything else that he did, I would still have to consider him the greatest athlete. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, MJ is, is 
like what you said, most influential athlete. He has the stats. He has the brand. You know, he has the look. Um, and he's global too. So, but there's one guy that we we didn't talk about. That's that's uh, that should be talked about in terms of greatest athletes, and, and that's Ric Flair, 16 time world woo! Woo! heavyweight champion. So, I mean, we we got to throw in the Nature Boy if we're going to talk about one of the greatest athletes in the world. Absolutely, and you know he was a champion in the ring, but he was an even bigger champion in the bedroom. You know, <laughs> holds nothing so, to Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> oh, I I think they go toe to toe in terms of. Uh, I mean, when you ask Ray Flair how many women he slept with, he 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 thinks he's up there with Wilt. <laughs> you know, maybe for time for another podcast, but definitely some great athletes on the list. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, that takes us to our, our next topic, which is, you know, now back to, back to the NFL and, you know, present day. We got this Brian Flores situation now. You know, it, it's been no secret that, you know, the, the, and to be an NFL coach, you have to be a part of the cool, cool white guy club, you know. Like every once in a while you might get a black head coach here or there, but they don't really get invited to the table very often. Um, and Brian Flores, you know, he's made that prominent now in a, a civil lawsuit he has going against the NFL, stating that the New York Giants never intended to consider him for their coaching vacancy. They had already picked Brian DeBell, but only agreed to interview him because they had to follow the Rooney rule. So, and according to him, Bill Belichick had informed him days before uh, the day before his interview that they had already picked Brian DeBell. And so now, you know, it has become a big issue. Do you, what, what do you guys make of Brian Flores's comments? And do you guys think that this is an issue that, that needs to be nipped in the butt right away? Um, I personally, Brian Flores should still be head coach in this in the NFL. Um, I don't think some of the stuff he said was all that, you know, revealing teams tanking. Um, I was surprised that, you know, he was actually paid that much to lose a game. Um, you know, think about all the money he could have made if they didn't go on that seven game winning streak. Um, what was pretty surprising was just hearing about some of these interviews where you have, you know, well-liked figures in the NFL and, you know, they, he alludes to the fact that they may, that they may have been inebriated or drunk, you know, that's sort of telling. Um, I don't know what to make of, you know, the accusations against Bill Belichick. I think we'd need more information about that. And I think the main thing to take away is that, someone has to shine the line on it first and it's, it's Brian Flores and maybe more head coaches will speak up and, and it will, it will inform the rest of, you know, these head, these potential head coaches of what really goes on at the interview process and what to expect, because until you're a head coach, you don't know what to expect. Uh, and, you know, I, th I think it's more leading the way. If nothing comes from it, the main thing is that he, sh he shined a light on it. 
and made everyone that much more aware. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought what he did was, was great. I mean, um, exposing these owners um, and these teams uh, that are, that are not doing the right things. Uh, there's definitely systemic racism going on in the league. And um, with the Rooney rule, I, I believe, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, I like the idea of the Rooney rule, but for, for teams just to check the box that they completed the Rooney rule, um, that's where I don't like it. I, I feel like, um, you know, if the, if the coach is qualified, you know, whether he's white or black, you know, um, they should interview that person. Um, I understand that it gives minorities a chance to um, interview for a job or, or to be on the same playing field. But, um, you know, with, with this example with the Giants, with uh, Bill Belichick, uh, you know, congratulating him that he got the job and, he, and you know, and uh, he was told it was uh, Brian Dable instead of Brian Flores. Uh, there was a mix up. So um, in terms of you know, in terms of the whole thing, I, I, I think what he's doing is honorable. Um, he probably won't ever get a job again in the NFL because teams will not trust him. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think uh, this is a, uh, a a good move in terms of, um, you know, pushing the, the minority coaches into, uh, you know, more uh, coaching positions because currently Mike Tomlin is the only coach uh, only uh, minority coach in the NFL right now, which is pretty sad. So, uh, but all in all, I, I, I think uh, Brian Flores did an honorable thing. Um, yes, it is probably going to cut his career short, but at the end of the day, it's going to open more doors up for minorities, I believe. Uh, yeah. Just, just to correct, um, you know, let's not forget about Salah, the, the Jets. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, yes, a lot. So, so, so I'm thinking African American. So there's one because uh, Ron Rivera yeah, is yep. another minority. So there's. There's three minority coaches, but in terms of African-Americans, there's only one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I mean, Brian Flores has definitely cut his coaching career short, unfortunately, but you know what? Someone had to be the the face for this and, and just say enough is enough. You know, unfortunately, now you're seeing like Marvin Lewis come forward and talk about like how he was interviewed back in like 2002, for a position when the coach had already been chosen for that, for that team. And it's unfortunate that, you know, he's waited 20 years to talk about this, but, you know, he was also the coach of the Bengals for like 15 years. So, you know, there's no reason to bring up that issue if you have a, a, a good job. And I think it's unfortunate that now more people are willing to talk about it, piggybacking off, Brian Flores because you know he's going to take the big heat for this because he's the one you know calling out the owners calling out Bill Belichick you know he's the one that he's the one that's going to take the brunt of this so now it's it's safe for people like Marvin Lewis to come out and and talk about this systemic racism but you know they should have been talking about it all along you know Mike Tomlin should have been talking about it just because you did get a chance you still got to talk about it for the ones that are not, you know, and the fact that the New York Giants have never had an African-American head coach. I mean, that's just baffling, but, but their owner is on the, on the, on the committee for, for equality rights, you know, in the NFL, that, that, that just, you know, that's just not baffling. Is it like the fact that an owner that has never hired a black head coach 
is on a committee to talk about equality. Listen, but, this this like, is all every everyone. If you watch a sport, you already know this, but it's in the back of your head. It's not one of those things you want to acknowledge, but we already know it. Take a look at ownership of NFL teams. It's largely white males, upper age, you know, hopefully new ownership, right? Younger ownership, uh, people of color. Um, but this isn't something new to the NFL. Let's not, you know, just go back 20, 30 years ago to where people had a question on if an African-American QB could succeed in the NFL. Warren Moon, right? Randall Cunningham. These guys were looked at as novelties and there weren't that many. You just have to give it time and just let it soak in and just take a look at all the winning that will go on. Because that, if you want more African-American head coaches, you just got to start winning and that's what they're going to do. Because now take a look at the landscape of, you know, the NFL quarterback, you got Russell Wilson, Trey, Trey Lance, Kyler Murray, right? Um, Lamar Jackson, L- Lamar, you have Patrick Mahomes. You, they're just littered all over the landscape where 20 years ago, it was now nowhere near this diverse. And I, I think that's what you're starting to see right now. I think, you know, very much like how everyone forgets about Randall Cunningham and the Warren Moons and how great they were as quarterbacks. Give it 20, 30 years and you'll you'll see a lot of great African-American head coaches out there. So let's let's talk about the the coaches that have gotten a chance this offseason. You know, we, we have some known faces like um, Jaguars. They just hired um, Peterson. Um, but then you have some new faces as well. When you look at this, like, do you, do you guys think that the best possible coaching candidates were hired? Or do you guys feel like systemic racism did play a factor into, into these hires? Oh, it absolutely played a factor into it. Um, were the best candidates hired? Probably not, but I mean, you can't judge it, you know, based off of the higher date. We have to take a look at, you know, how they are two to three years from now. Um, a, a guy like Brian Dabble, Giants, I think I think that was a great hire. I mean, take a look at what the Bills turned into. And Brian Dabble had a huge hand in turning that franchise around. Some of these other ones, you know, I sort of scratch my head at. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett. That's one that I honestly don't understand. You know, I'll give it two to three years, see how that works out. Um, Eberflu, Chicago. That's one that I don't understand as well. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but I don't, I think that there were more qualified candidates out there, but ultimately these are the guys that got the job and, you know, I'll base off if they were worth it or not after, you know, 32 games. Yeah, I agree with you, Brad. Uh, there, there, there's definitely, you know, some systemic racism going on, especially with, um, with the Eberflus. Um, the Colts had a good defense, but uh, you know, there, you know, and same thing with Doug Peterson. I understand he won a Super Bowl. You know, he has the, you know, the offensive background with Andy Reid, but you know. When Byron Leftwich is out there, a former Jacksonville Jaguar who is a hot coordinator, um, 
is is one of the candidates that you're looking at and you hire the guy that you interviewed i think they interviewed him doug peterson first so um that's kind of weird to me so um but in, in terms of in terms of the candidates, I mean, Josh McDaniels is a good candidate that the Raiders hired. Um, same thing with Brian Dable. Um, I think he uh, his scheme is is, is pretty. Um, um, it, it pretty much fits the new era of football, and I think the Giants will be okay under him. So, but uh, same thing with Kevin O'Connell. He's he's a um, you know he's been a QB coach for uh, the Rams, the the Washington Commanders now. Um, and he's a young and up, up and coming coach. So, uh, but some of these other coaches that, that were, uh, that were hired are, are, are question marks. You know, I'm going to be like Jim Cornette at that production meeting when he blew up on Vince Russo and, uh, Kevin Dunn, cause they, 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 they refused to talk about what to do with, uh, the, the Patriot gimmick. I don't know if you guys remember the Patriot. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, yeah. who, who, who was so, that again? It was uh, something Wilkes was his name, but you know he was a great, yeah. great-looking wrestler and yep, stuff. Yep. And like you know, Jim Cornette wanted to talk about you know what are we gonna do with the Patriot? And here you have you know Vince Russo and Kevin Dunn only wanted to talk about the Sable spot with like the with like the T-shirt and stuff and like the boobs and so and so finally Jim Cornette blew up and said, well, hey, you know what what the fuck are we gonna do with the Patriot? And that's me now with like, <clears throat> you know, Eric Bieniemy. Like, when the fuck are we gonna not uh, like not look at this and be like, how is it that Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach in the NFL? It just does not make sense. Nagy got a job. Doug Peterson got a job. They were a part of that, you know, um, Andy Reid coaching tree. So you give the two white dudes uh, an opportunity, but the black guy, the one that actually you know makes the offense run the one that is the one behind Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith like we're gonna ignore him we're not gonna give him a chance like that's where it just looks flat out wrong so like you know when is it gonna be Eric Bietamy's time like that's what I want to know yeah I mean part of it has to be something you know has to just be the right fit and something that he's going to accept. Listen, not all of the, not all of the coaching positions have been filled. I mean, the saints are reportedly very interested in him and he could very well get a job before, before the start of next season. All we can say is that out of these six teams, it, it just didn't work out for him. This go around. And I think that's, I think he that's honestly better for him because out of these teams, I don't think he's going to do much in in a way to to improve them. I think he's better off looking elsewhere. Yeah, only time will tell. And I guess, you know, we'll never see Jim Harbaugh in the NFL again. He, he said he's never going to take even an interview again from the NFL. He is done. He is Michigan for life. Never, never knew him to be that petty. He, he is that petty. He's a, I mean, that's his alma mater. Um, you, you all no, remember. But he's upset. He, he was upset that Minnesota gave the job to to O'Connell because he thought that he thought he was getting 
the interview to pretty much be given the job. Yeah, and... but I mean, this is this is Harbaugh. You remember the terms he left with out of San Francisco, and how overpaid he was at U of M. Um, you know, it, it's just his mentality. That's just who he is as a person. I'm sure that if the right team comes calling, whether it be college or professional, he will interview again. Yeah, we'll see. And, you know, now moving on to our last topic of the night, LeBron James. Man, this guy just can't sh- shut the fuck up, can he? He sure, he sure His knee is sore, but his mouth sure isn't. Like... You know, I love LeBron. He's a great mentor for kids and stuff. And he brought us a chip, you know, um, in 2020 during the pandemic year in the in the in the bubble, you know. But I do want to hear them stop bitching about the bubble. They were staying at fucking Disney World in, in like like, you know, like with like catering and everything. They were not in foxholes. OK, like there are soldiers that have to spend months and months hidden in foxholes. So like. Let's let's stop with the PTSD over living in a fucking hotel. But, you know, but now it just it seems like it's become like like, you know, like a clown show in L.A. Like the Lakers aren't winning, but they always seem to be all smiles on the bench. And now apparently we're congratulating our crosstown rival, cross hall rival, because we share the fucking arena with the Clippers. We're congratulating the opposing team for beating us with the last second shot. Like, what has what has LeBron turned into? Like, I don't understand. Like, please, Brad and Junie, help me understand how we're supposed to congratulate our, our fucking arch nemesis for beating us in a fucking basketball game when we're not winning fucking basketball games. Well, LeBron James has never been that type of dude to honestly to take it that personal to him. Basketball is basketball. It's not the end-all, be-all. Um you know, he just leaves it all out there on the court. He doesn't take anything personal like like how you would expect a competitor to. And I think a lot of it is because this is just who he is. He wants to be well-liked. He wants, he wants to play with his friends. And ultimately, I think he's just setting himself up, you know, in two years' time to play with Bronny. Honestly, I think that, that that's all it is. Um He's just one of the, these dudes. It's the twilight of, of his career. He wants to go out well-liked, well-received, doesn't want any blemishes on the record. Really, in 10 years from now, no one's really going to remember this tweet. Um, that's just who LeBron is. Yeah. The, I, we have this image of LeBron in our heads, you know, of him being up there with Kobe and jordan and 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 we always want we always think of him as this guy who you know is very very like both of those guys but in reality he's he's not like them you know and we've always known that but the fact that you know he has the 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 points he has the rebounds he has the championships we always tend to go back to oh is he better than jordan or is he better than kobe but in reality he's not he's never had that mentality and you know, being being a Laker fan, him winning that championship was big, and and it 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 um it it put him on a pedestal for us. But at the same time, the way he's approaching the game now, especially when they're losing, when they're in ninth place, they lost to the Clippers, 
the Crosstown Rivals, and you're congratulating a guy who made a winning shot against your team during a regular season game. We're not talking about a playoff game. We're not talking about the finals. We're talking about a, a regular season game. To me, that I, I scratch my head because I'm like, one, you should be fucking pissed off because your team is not performing. And two, they're the Clippers. The Clippers should not be shitting on you. You know, the, it, it's sad because the Clippers have owned the Lakers um, in the past 10 years. The Clippers are 30 and seven against the Lakers in the last 10 years. Like, come on. Like, we have the banners, we have the titles, but yet you congratulate Reggie Jackson on making a winning shot instead of, you know, being there for your teammates, chewing them out, trying to motivate them. But we have to accept him for who he is. He's a great player. He's going to break a lot of records. He might, he might break um, uh, Kareem's record in terms of most points scored, but at the end of the day, he is what he is. He's a great player. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's mad. He's a better version of Magic Johnson. That's what I always thought he was, but he's not Kobe. He's not MJ. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, but it's hard for, for Lakers fans now because he mortgaged the future. He got all his buddies traded to LA and he he's doing the same thing that he did in Miami. He's doing the same thing that he did in Cleveland twice, you know, mortgaged their futures, made them trade away any talent that they had, any young talent for aging players that were his friends. And then, like Brad said, he's going to walk away from it in two years. He doesn't give a fuck that the Lakers don't have a first-round pick until 2027. He doesn't care about that. He got his one chip in L.A. He's fine with that. And in two years, you know, he's going to go play wherever Bronny gets drafted. And what you know, leaving the Lakers with you know no draft picks and aging players past their primes, he doesn't give a fuck about that. And but that's always been him. And you know, it, a lot of it gets overlooked because he is a great mentor for kids. He he does do a lot of positive in the community, and he is someone that stays out of trouble. So he's a great role model. But you know, I mean. Once again, you know, now we're at the end of the line, you know, and now we're stuck seeing that what our future for our team is going to be for the next five to 10 years, thanks to the moves done to appease the king. Yeah, and with LeBron, I, I think it's just one of those harsh realities that that you now have to accept because everyone expected him to be better than Kobe, to be better than LeBron. Um, but that's just not who he is. Um, and, you know, he may have gotten away with that in Cleveland to where all the fan base wanted was one championship. And yet he got away with it in Miami because he had, you know, he had D-Wade and he had Bosch. I don't think you're going to get that level of LeBron James anymore. And sadly, he came to the Lakers, a franchise that they honestly don't expect one they expect three to five if you're going to come over and be that caliber of player that is the mark that you have to leave and one is great for most organizations but not for the lakers and not for this fan base and it's just simply not going to cut it and there are a lot of laker fans who 
were also LeBron James fans that, that you know, he's left a bad taste in their mouth. But then there's also a lot of LeBron James fans who became Laker fans because, you know, it's LeBron. And they're not going to be Laker fans when he leaves because they're, you know, they're fair weather fans. But this is just the type of player LeBron James is. And and he's not going to change. We all know this now. Um, yeah, people can make the argument that he's a GOAT, but... You know, this isn't a goat quality out there for me. This is a uh, a quality of you know the third best player on the team. Yeah. And now to you know finish up our show, Junie, the 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 name you were hoping that it that it wasn't given to the Washington football team was given to the Washington football team. Yes. Yes. How do you feel? Commander, uh, you know what? Uh, after processing it after a day and a half, um, I'm starting to open up to it. Honestly, when they first announced it, um, when I was texting you guys, I was like, "I'm done with this team. I'm, I'm, I, I can't do it anymore. I'm tired of losing." You know, they haven't won a championship or a Super Bowl since I was born, like 80, 87, and ninety one. Like. And I've experienced losing seasons after losing seasons for 20 or 30 plus years now. I mean, it, it's insane. And, um, but for me, I, I can't, I can't let go of them because they're, they're my hometown team. As much as I want to jump ship, as much as I want to go to a winning team and, and, and cheer for a winning team, I can't do that because I believe one day they will turn into a winning team. And just like the logo or just like the new name, I'm starting to open up to it. Like, I, I really like the helmet. The helmet looks good. Um, I like the black jerseys. They look clean. I don't know about the W in the middle of the, of the black helmet. Um, the thing I do not like about the jersey is I don't like the big commanders in front of the chest. I never liked that <laughs> um, on any yeah. team. Uh, Falcons, on the Jets. I, I was never a fan of that. So if they can tweak that, and make it smaller or even take it out, I'll be happy with that. And then with the white uniform, um, the red kind of looks a little off, but, they, they, you know, they're, it's okay. So for me, um, I, I'm starting to like the name. Um, a lot of people in D.C. are starting to open up to it. So I think moving forward, I, I think if anything, if we start winning, I think people are going to, People are yeah. not going to really care about the, the name of the team, honestly. Like, they have to win in order for them to bring back the fan base, for them to bring back, you know, the, the diehards, you know. And for me, you know, I'm hanging on a thread. Like, you guys, had, you guys had your team in the playoffs. Like, I had nothing. You know, like, I was just, like, sitting yeah. here and, um, and, and sending you guys Russell Wilson pictures of him in a, in a commander's uniform, like, I don't want that. I I want to I want to be in the playoffs. I want to be in the Super Bowl, and hopefully, with this new uh, um, name moving forward, you know, we can start to bring a new, you know, type of winning. So, um, yeah, I mean, the talent's on there on the field. It's just a matter of putting it together. And you know, in regards to the jersey, we always see reiterations of jerseys. They always tweak it a new logo here. Maybe they change yeah. the font, and and I'm sure two three years from now. They're going to make a change and it's going to get better over time. Um, the commanders, it's not a name that I love. It's also not one that I hate. What I do look forward to is 
that subgroup, that subset of fans that are going to go commando at a commander's game because <laughs> yes because when when you think about they're gonna go commando <laughs> i mean it's Hell i mean yeah. I, I, but the I, name I'm, makes I'm, sense they're in dc commanders like commander in chief you know like it makes sense for the for yeah, where and, they and, play and really i I, th- I think if this name is going to succeed or not it's not really going to come down to the fan base I mean, to the win or loss record, I think it's going to come down to the fan base and how they embrace it. You know, if they really get behind it, you know, they put face paint on, they, they get all camoed out, they make it an atmosphere that, that you want to go to. I think regardless of the win and loss column that, that they're going to get together and it's a storied franchise. They're going to get it together. It's going to be a great place to be, you know, hopefully they can clean up the stadium, but they're just going to build, you know, a new identity, new traditions, um, new songs. Um, it, and I think it's going to be great because you actually, and it's, it's not one thing that very many people can say that, but you get to be there at the ground floor, you know, unless you were there on the day that your organization was created, you can't sit there and say, oh yeah, I was the first one to take part in this tradition. It's, it's a whole new tradition that you can take part of. You, you go to these games and it's something special, especially if they start to win. Yep. Plus, yeah. plus we're going to the commander oh, versus, to win, like... versus Niner game, right? We got that on the schedule. Only if year. we're going commando. <laughs> yeah. Now, now are we going, are we going to do a podcast from the road? Anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah. We can do, we can do it at uh Levi stadium right there in the parking lot. Yeah, wherever. But I mean, it's honestly great if, if it's a rebranding. It's a it's a I would treat this like a first round pick. Be optimistic about it. You know, embrace it. I mean, there's new merchandise, new gear. It's just so much more. Yeah. And and, and I yeah, am. I like I'm, I'm embracing uniforms. it. So. But are they going to go away from the classic um, home look of the white with the maroon? Um, is that done? No, I like. I think like they have the a lot of options. Of the- yeah, no, they have a lot of options because that that away. that part would that part would make me sad. I've always found the their their colors to be very classy. Yeah, like when you think of like NFL uniforms, I've always found the Washington uniforms to be clean. One. Like mm-hmm. Washington, San Francisco, um, Oakland Tampa Raiders, Bay, like yeah, like mm-hmm. yeah, you like like those two or three years that the Buccaneers had those god awful, disgusting uniforms during the Jameis Winston era, like oh, I hated that. Like I love them going back to their more traditional look. I feel like certain teams just have like classic looks that you should not mess with. Raiders too, yeah, but yeah. Like Washington definitely yep. has one of those. And I really hope that at least the main uniform still remains the same. Yeah, and 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 I think it also, you know, it's a new beginning. Um, it opens the door for so many different possibilities, jersey-wise. I mean, when you think about the NBA, you know, there's the the great Lakers jersey. It's a classic; it hasn't changed. But there are so many great jerseys that changed throughout the years. One of the greatest ones was the Raptors jersey with Vince Carter. The Memphis oh, yeah. Grizzly jersey were, was great. Um, some of the Denver Nuggets, those throwback jerseys, 
at the time absolutely hideous, but yep. now take a look at it and it's great. And I think Washington, if they really want to, you know, take a take take another approach to it, you can do the same thing with these jerseys. I think it does a lot for the franchise. They become that fresh new team. Um, sort of like how Oregon with their jersey situation. And that's why yeah. people, you know, high school players want to play for them because it's always a different jersey. Washington can they can bring that that type of vibe to uh, the NFL, switch it up. Maybe they find that'd be cool. Yeah. Scheme. If they never wear the never never wear the same color scheme two weeks in a row, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. New. <clears throat> yeah, but, I like that. Yeah. And you know what? It, it I think it breeds life into that team. And they're a team that is competing. I don't think they're gonna be sitting in sitting in mediocrity for for too long. I think they have too much talent on the defensive side of the ball. You know, you're only and a, a great couple, head coach. Yeah. Yes. And you're only a couple pieces away. Um, you know, it, anything can happen. The Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. <laughs> you know, Jimmy G can can take you guys to the <laughs> oh, Super Bowl. <no. laughs> or maybe no, Carson Wentz. No, Carson uh, Wentz. Uh, or God. the prodigal son, Kirk Cousins returns. Uh, you never uh, know. Uh, Listen. That that would be more that would be more like a stepchild returning and not by no, choice. Yeah, no. Listen, that, that's what I'm saying with Washington. I think there's a lot to look forward to. I'd be very optimistic. You know, I want to see what what they look like out on the field. I think it's gonna be, you know, a new energy, a new vibe for that team. Um, I think it's only good things, only positive things for that organization. Hopefully, let's hopefully. go commando. Yeah, let's go commando. <laughs> commando. <laughs> and on that note, that's it for our show this week, guys. Hope you guys enjoy it. Be safe out there. Enjoy the Pro Bowl with all the alternates. And next week is the Super Bowl. Let's go. And until, let's go. Until the next one. It's the fifth down, baby. Have a good one. Later. Peace.